So he said, I've considered Job. I've weighed him, I've measured him. He's perfect in all his ways. But the reason I suspect so is this. You have put a head around him. You have blessed him with everything he has. So if you take it away, I know I can get him to fall short of your glory. That is why he calls him the adversary. In 1 Peter 5, 8. He is the adversary. And the word adversary there is the word anti-decos. Anti-decos means the prosecutor from the other side. So anytime you fall short of God's blessing, Satan will come and tell God, you can't bless him. He didn't pray enough. That's the accuser of the prayer. He will accuse, oh, you know, the, you, the, the justice system, you know, in Africa is a little somewhere. But in America, you are minding your own business, they will call you to court. And you see someone who does not know you, accusing you for you to be jailed. And it's not personal. You are born against the law. That's Satan. <laughs> anti decos the special prosecutor. <laughs> he is going round about. So when Israel came under the law, pity for them because they kept breaking the laws. They were under satanic judgment. They couldn't keep it. So Satan had a few day with them because every time they were falling short. Every time they were falling short. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But this is the secret. When Lucifer entered the garden, he found a way to move Adam from God's government to self-government. Isn't it so? I come from Ghana. So I've also suffered coups before. And in the coup, you tell yourself government to the people now. So you think it's for the people, then the man will be the face of the people. <laughs> <laughs> so it starts from all of us are revolting, but I'm your leader. <laughs> then when I get there, it's not all of us again. We are, we are different. That's what Satan did to me. He said, self-government now. You have to be on your own. You'll be like God. But the God was not. Adam's liberty. It was his dominion over Adam. So when he got Adam from God's government, he put self-government on him and it lasted for a while. So now Adam defines what is good because of self. You know the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, I shared with you the last time, that when he ate it, God didn't say Lucifer lied. He said, come and see, Adam has become like one of us in Genesis 3. Adam, so he means Lucifer was right. Adam will become like God. But in becoming like God, he is coming from a place that is selfish. So in today's world, someone says you are bad when you are doing good. That is not good for him. So now good and bad is self-defined. And that was Adam's issue. So Adam does not know he is bad because it, as long as it is good for him, that is what is defined as good. And Adam enters self-government. Self but in Genesis chapter 9, the verse number 8, 7 downwards, the Bible says, from 6, sorry, he said to Noah, he said, from today, anyone that kills another man, I will require that man's blood from him. So they moved from God's government, went to self-government, then they came to human government. When you kill a man, you pay for the crime you committed. But in all these times, God was just looking for a way 
to get his government back into the system. But unfortunately, it deteriorated further. In the days of a man, in Genesis chapter 10, let's read that one. Very interesting scripture. And from this place, you understand why I'm saying that a lot of our approach, if we use humanistic approaches, we will still be under the influence of Satan and will never be able to break away from it. We will say, oh, God, you know, there's a way, you know, you're like, oh, I'm going to go into government. God is going to use me to change the system. The way to get that the system has changed you. <laughs> we met a couple in Ghana, parliamentarians. You know, we are parliament. So our parliamentarians went to even do evangelism one time to one. And he said, oh, young man, I used to be a Christian president on campus. But you know, I was once like you. You grow. <laughs> so he says that you grow because he feels that situations will change what you think to. It's like you're on fire. You're going to change the system, but you must know how to change the system. Mm. To change the system, you yourself must become a system. Oh yes. Yeah. You can't just enter and say no. You must bring your. You are to be a system on your own. To be able to sit on a system and the system cannot pervade and intrude into your way. Hallelujah. But if you go alone without the system, you're in trouble. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. Genesis chapter 10. It starts speaking about the genealogy of man. Then he went to verse 8. Can you go to verse 8? Now, because Adam was not created to be a self-dependent entity, every image needs the substance. So Adam was not created to stand alone. He was created to be dependent on the substance of God. Now he's separated from God, so his self-government is automatically failed. Then he enters human government, which is also flawed. Because Lamech kills a man and says that, I have killed a man to my head. And then if Cain was avenged seven times, then they should avenge me 70 times. And that is in the dispensation where people were married two or three or four. But when Jesus came, he said, from the beginning it was not so. So the issue about five, seven marriages was because of a certain system that was good for man, but not good for God. Right. It was self-defined. Hallelujah. Please, are you here? Yeah. All right. Then the Bible says that there came a man called Nimrod, who was the son of Cush. Now, Cush is actually one of the sons of Ham. Ham gave birth to Cush, Mizraim, Put, and Canaan, or Canaan. And every time we say that Africans are cursed, it's not true. Because the Bible said, cursed be Canaan. Not cursed be Cush. Cush is Ethiopia. Cush is Ethiopia. Mizraim is Egypt. Put is Libya. Canaan is in Arabia where the Israelites went to possess as their land. But God said, curse be Canaan. Not because he was cursing an entity, but because I thought Ham was the one who sinned. So he's supposed to curse Ham. But he rather curses Canaan. You know why? Because when Ham was doing what he was doing, he had mingled his blood with the giants. And the Israelites entered a land and said, the Canaanites, they were like giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own eyes. So God was cursing them spiritually so that physically Israel can kill them. That's why he didn't curse Ham. He looked into the future and said, these Canaan people, they are going to be mixed breeds. So I'm cursing them before they show up. So God didn't curse Ham. 
It is understanding that you are cursed or taking that you are cursed. That's making you cursed. Because I remember the other day when he blessed Isaac. Isaac was um, Isaac blessed Jacob, and the Bible said Esau came to Jacob and Isaac. Sorry, Esau came to Isaac and said, "So will you not even have me a little blessing that is left?" Then he looked at Esau and said, "I have no blessing for your brother has taken everything, but this is it. The day you shake yourself away from your brother's yoke." You start prospering. So it means that Esau had no cares. His problem was this. From birth, you wanted to be the first. Because Bible said Jacob's leg came out first. And they had to push it back. In fact, you know, the Bible said Esau's leg came out first. And they tied it. Then he was pulled in. Then Jacob showed out first. But because they had already tied Esau, they knew he was the firstborn. Because he came out first. So from birth, he had been told that your brother has been trying to overtake you. So he had that notion that Jacob is the one coming to take my blessing. So he said, the day you shake yourself off his bondage, you will prosper. So no one can be cursed without accepting that a curse. So Africa is not cursed. It's Canaan that was cursed. But we have been taught to think we are cursed. He cursed Canaan. And the Canaanites were the ones in the land of promise. And Israel killed all of them. So how are we connected to this? No, tell me where is the curse on Africa. Show me in the Bible. Because he said, cares be Canaan, and servant of servant shall he be. He shall serve his brother, Shem, and Japheth. So why is Africa in this case? He didn't care how. He cares Canaan, not how. <sighs> Say, I'm free. I'm free. free. Say, I break through in life. I break through in life. Every opportunity available to anyone in this world, I also have access. Yes. That's how you think. That's how you think. That's how you pray. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And the moment Cush gave birth to a son, and his name was Nimrod, his wife was called Semis Ramis, and gave birth to a son called Nimrod. Nimrod actually means Numrado, which means to say the man of rebel. Number two, there's a phrase in the Bible, for instance, Genesis 4, it says, if you do well, sin lies at your doorstep, ready to encroach you. But that's what it says. In the Hebrew, it says, if you do well, the sin offering was waiting prepared for you. God had an offering he was requiring from Cain and Abel. The word sin is the word chatter, which is sin offering. So God prepared what offering they should bring. But Canaan decided to bring what he had sweated for. To bring to God. And God said, if you have done well by accepting the offering I presented to you, mind you, God will never accept what he has not given you. You can't give God what he didn't give you first. I'm telling you. Give me Isaac, thy only son, which I gave you. He, will, oh, he didn't give him Ishmael. Ishmael came by his effort. He said, the one I gave you is the one I want. God will never collect from you what he has not given you. So anytime God says, give me something, so no, he gave it to you. That's why he's collecting it. Because if he didn't give it to you and you want to lose your own means to get it, God will, that's why some people are rich, but God never tell them to use their car for his business. Because he didn't give you that car, you got it your own way. He doesn't want it. The one he gave you is the one he said, give me that car. I need it for ministry. Hallelujah. Amen. Are you here? Yes. Are you sure? Yes. Amen. Amen. Please don't go too far, okay? The subject is very broad, so I'm warming up. <laughs> this introduction. <laughs> I'm trying to... <laughs> Give you, but I'm telling you, it's a very broad. This, this thing can last a whole year. So I'm just trying to compress so that we can touch on other subjects to get us effective. He said, if you do well, and the same thing applies to, uh, what do you call it? Genesis chapter 3, when Eve was cursed. He said, you would desire 
to what? Rule over thy husband. He said, if you do well, you, your desire shall be for your husband. And we've quoted it to mean that the woman cannot do with a man without a man. That's not true. The literal translation means that you desire to rule your husband. Mm. You want to rule him. <laughs> <laughs> it's part of that. <laughs> The reason is this, it is that same means by which Adam got complicated in that issue. It was Eve's suggestion that made Adam fall when he knew what he shouldn't have done. So he said it was a product of that act. You have created a system where now, if you are not even careful, your wife can detect the type of ministry you should have. Yeah, if you are not careful as a pastor, sometimes your wife can say, that pastor didn't smile to me today. He's, he's being disloyal. Find a way to displace him from this ministry. He's not laughing with me. I don't like this. No, that, that's how it is. So he said, if you are not careful, Eddie. So naturally, if you operate in the curse, and you don't realize that you have to operate from the Holy Ghost realm, you like to dominate your husband all the time, and use emotional blackmail, and you don't love me again. That's what Delilah did to Samson. And he said, cut my head, cut my head. You just my hair, you cut it, you'll be fine. He said, so you don't love me, so you've been lying to me all this while. I said, oh, okay, okay, it's in my hair. Can you imagine? Don't tell anyone, you just told the woman it's in my hair. Hallelujah. So, now I'm saying that to get you to understand what Genesis said. Genesis chapter 10, verse, verse 9. He says he was a mighty hunter before the Lord. A mighty hunter before the Lord. Now, this word, a mighty hunter before the Lord, the word before the Lord was not asking. He was a chosen servant of God. Because mind you, they have deviated from the presence of God. Cain left the presence of the Lord and went to a city called Nod. So he had already left from So Nimrod was not a hunter who was mighty. But number two, the word hunter there is not hunter as in hunter of animals. Have you watched Apocalypto before? Yes, yes. He was a hunter of men. He goes around hunting men to make them part of his kingdom. So he was not a hunter of animals, but he was a hunter of men. But he was doing all. And the right there before the Lord means God's eyes. It, it speaks of God's omniscience. God was aware of what he was doing. Now I'm saying that to explain something. I'm saying that to explain something. Even as Nimrod, because his name means the man who is a rebel. And he's a mighty hunter, not in his presence, but he was doing everything to spite God. Now go to chapter 11, verse 1, quickly. I'm speaking about kingdoms, the panoramic view of the kingdom, so you understand what's going on. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now it says, and the whole earth was one language and one speech. Verse 2. And it came to pass that as they journeyed from, journey from the east, they found a plain in the land of Shinar. Say Shinar. And they dwelt there. Now, mind you, the Garden of Eden was in the east. And in the garden, God found the eastern part. God always operates from the east. The east is <laughs> Hallelujah. Mount Olives is in the east. Ezekiel 47. The Bible said, and when the glory of God <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, have you not realized 
what Luke said. Luke said in Luke chapter 1, he said, Now we shall see the Son of Man, Luke 24, sorry, we shall see the Son of Man return as lightning from the east. It's not from the east. Mount Olives, listen, Mount Olives is the eastern mountain. Jesus ascended on Mount Olives, he will return on Mount Olives. That's the first place his feet shall touch. Mount Olives, the eastern part. When we read Ezekiel chapter 47, the Bible said, The glory departed at the eastern gate. It's always the east. There's something about the East. There's something about it. That's why God chose the Middle East for His work. I'm helping some Eastern people. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And even in typology, when the tribes were arranged, now Israel had four emblems for the captain tribes. The captain tribes was Ephraim. There was Judah, and there was what do you call it? Reuben. Then the last one was Dan. So there are three tribes. So four tribes. Dan was an eagle. Ephraim was an ox. Then Reuben was a, sorry, Reuben was an ox. Reuben was a man. Then um, what do you call it? Judah was a lion. Israel advanced from the east. So anytime Israel wanted to move in their tabernacle formation, it's the eastern side they advance at. So they always advance towards the east. Because they believe that Judah, which is the lion of God, and Jesus had to come from Judah. So even the Lord had to come from the eastern tribe to, ask, to enter into earth. And the south is Reuben. So he said, Keth is the man that goes down to Egypt. That's requiring assistance from a man. So anytime you are requiring assistance from a man and not looking to God, you are going down south. So when we were coming out of Egypt, he said, who are these that come up out of the wilderness? So Egypt is a descent. Coming out of Egypt is an ascent. Coming up out of the wilderness. Perfumed with all the spices of the men and frankincense and the of the merchants. So it's anytime you go for assistance from a man, you are going down. Anytime you look to God, which is Dan. So Dan is the northern tribe, Ego. The western tribe is Ephraim, Ox, Seventh. The Eastern tribe is Judah, the lion. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. He said they shall leave the east and be found. Now the plain of Shina. Shina is actually in the Hebrew language the place of strange power. So their power is no more from God. They are concocting their own power. Now this is actually when there's a book called the Slavonic Book of Enoch. That's the book Jude quoted from. He said an Enoch prophesied of the Lord coming with 10,000 Jude 114. He read from the Slavonic book of Enoch. And that book describes how the angels kept coming in batches. In fact, it is written in their culture that these angels came down, the fallen angels came to teach man sorcery. So magic was taught by angels. Because it's an interface between the supernatural and the natural. Magic. Using material to interpose supernatural things. So sorcery and witchcraft and this jazz is all from angelic teachings. Now, you... <laughs> There's a lot of information at the time, but I'm trying to... Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's okay. Now, <laughs> now, what happened was this. When Lucifer lost his battle, he realized something and got the keys to the earth. He realized that God's attention was on the earth. Because like I said to you, he had found a way to mingle sin with what God loves. God hates sin with everything in him and loves man with everything in him. He merged the two together. So when now God looks at man, simultaneous emotions are stared at. He is hating and sinning. He is hating and loving at the same time. 
because something in Adam is making me hate Adam. But when he sees Adam's face, his entire life is provoked. So that's what the Bible says in Revelations. When we touch on the service place of God, there was silence in heaven. So if God misses the move, Satan will say, checkmate. Give me that chair. He knows God because he knows God can't contradict himself. So the moment God contradicts himself, he has to abnegate his throne. Ladies and gentlemen, for him to die for you was a threat to the throne of God. And he still came. He said, I don't care about the throne. I will still come. Because I, I like what the psalmist said. He said, righteousness and justice have met. Mercy and love have kissed at the cross. So the cross was the meeting of the ages. The cross was the biggest chest point God used. No wonder the Bible said, to us who believe the cross is the power of God, but to the world it is foolishness. That was God's last drop that broke Satan's hold over all he had done over creation. The cross. He said to us, the preaching of the cross is foolishness to the Gentiles, but to us who believe, it is the wisdom and the power of God. Wisdom because I had the move to play. The cross was the solution. And I had the power to display. The cross was the solution. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Never forsake the cross. Anytime you see the cross, you should just smile and say, Ah, this is the junction. It was the meeting of the ages. Something happened at the cross. You have no idea when he wept. Eloi, Eloi, Lamak, Sabak, Tani. There was a certain issue. He has never been away from the Father. You have no idea. He is part of the Trinity. But there was once in their existence. That's why the man cried at Gethsemane. He said, Lord, if it is possible. Because I know for once in our eternal existence, I have never been separate from you. But one day, because I will become son, there must be a temporary separation. I can't stand it. So he said, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He always calls him Father. But at that instance, he said, my God. But he was far, far away. God hates sin. So I told someone one day, he said, Man of God, my just died, my dad died. He said, God's son also died. So everybody has lost somebody before. Now Jesus is already yours. Your daughter also resurrected. Your husband also show up on that day. So everybody has That's why sometimes God says he does not like the death of an unrighteous man because there's no hope for him. But the Christian sometimes is about choice. Do you want to stay or you want to go? If you go, you are entering a better existence. This is a cradle of existence. Mm -hmm. There's a better life on the other side. I'm telling you, you have no idea. If only God opens eyes, you say, hey, they are chilling. <laughs> Whilst you are weeping, you're like, oh, why are you crying? If you knew what was happening here, you rather rejoice. Christians are not buried, they are sold. Mm. You'll be ripped on that day. Oh. Just make sure they are born again. Just ensure they are saved. Meet them surely. If they are not saved, then they are going the other way. The only time we meet them is Isaiah 66 before. We'll go and watch them. Discussion. The Bible says we'll watch their carcasses as they burn. So we'll be in the heavenly boat and you'll take us to hell. Say, so look at them. They can't even see you, we'll just be waving. May that not be your story, Jesus. If you love your friend, your best gift to them is salvation. Because after this, there's a real life. I've said it before. Nine months in the baby's womb, the baby doesn't remember what happened there. Mm. But you know, once upon a time, the baby was happy. That's why when you spoke, the baby could kick. It was a realm. They were sure, they were conscious. Mm. That's the baby could kick. That's why the baby comes out. He doesn't need to know who is mommy or daddy. He has heard your voice already. Mm. He knows mommy's voice. Mm. Because I heard her when he kept talking. Oh, Rabbi. The same way when we also die, we get to eternity. Some of us will struggle to remember earth. 
because the consciousness of the beauties of the next age will make this thing, it's like the torchlight and the sun. When you compare the sun to the torchlight, that's how eternity will be to this life that you are here. Yes, this is not anything at all. We'll touch on it this season. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm show you the kingdom of heaven, what it looks like. So that you are ever excited, you are ever bold, you are fearless. You fear no man because you are aware that you are an ambassador, plenipotentiary of a higher kingdom. You don't play games here. Nobody can threaten you because there's a higher kingdom. If, if you kill me, there's a better place I'm going. Life doesn't end. Hallelujah. They journey to a place called the land of China. Yeah, please, can you go? Let's pray. Please, I'm just starting with the, the views, okay? It's a view. Are you understanding? Follow me, by the way. Verse 3. Verse 3. Hebrews, Genesis 3, 11, verse 3. Reach unto heaven and let us make us a name, lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. Now, this is. Go back to verse 4. This is where the junction of the satanic kingdom and government has merged with the church. The goal of what they were building was to make for themselves a name. Today we have Christians who want to create personal impact. They want to build their own empire. As a child of God, any empire you build is for God. You have no personal empire in this one. You are an ambassador for another kingdom. You have no, I'm a president, I'm building an empire for us. For the empire is the Lord. Mm. But this is the, this is the problem of Nimrod. Mm. Now I'll show you something that's going on here. I'll show you something. When the satanic kingdom entered, because they had gone to a land of strange power, something happened to Nimrod and his people. Now I said to you, he's a man of rebel. He has gathered people to force them to be of one language. And this actually is an antecedent to the eternal age. In Zephaniah chapter 3, the Bible says, in the next age, the people shall have one language. In the next age, when we enter kingdom era, we'll have one language. We'll have different languages, one language. But Nimrod is using human efforts to create one people of one language, and that's not God's goal. He was, now, the reason this was happening was this. Now, when Lucifer lost his opportunity and stole the authority from Adam, Bible said that in Genesis 6, when he realized that the Spirit of the Lord shall not strive with man again, he descended and came to sleep with the daughters of men. And the Bible said they gave birth to children and sons who were called men of renown. The Hebrew name for Satan is Shiatan. The Greek version is Titan. The Hebrew is Shiatan. Shiatan. S-H-E-I-T-A-N. The Greek version is Titan. So most of the Titanic mythologies is Satan and how they slept with men to create demigods. That's why if you look at Zeus, he's always sleeping with women. Yes. If you check the Roman mythology, there's Uranus, there's Gaia. They slept with human beings and had human semi-demigods. Why? Because in <laughs> most of the, so a lot of the mythologies we read is actually another rendition of how Lucifer came to sleep with the daughters of men. And the Bible mentions men of renown. It means that most of the people we celebrate in folk story, Hercules, all those things, they are products of giants. And there were three types of giants. The Eliots, the Gigantes, and the Nephilims. There were stages. The Nephilims were the stages. 
Principalities on the other side. Mm -hmm. So if you don't understand how they are operating the earth, we will not be able to counter them because yeah. they have a system that is based on the knowledge of the world. But yeah. we are operating a system based on sociological definitions and it's confusing us. We are not always advancing. They are coming from a certain realm, they know what they are doing. Mm -hmm. And they are operating by this. So they came in batches. So the first batch, which were the Egyptians, the first giants, they were killed. Yes, in the flood. Then another batch came again. And these were the Nephilims. Mm. Then there was a third batch called the Gigantes. That's where you get the giants. Mm. And when God couldn't use the flood, he raised men to handle them. So anytime you read the Bible, go and read the Bible very carefully and be a very good student of the Bible. God mentioned the giant race. The reason why God had a problem with the giant race was this. He said in Genesis 3.15, the seed of the woman shall bruise the head of the serpent. So if Lucifer can contaminate the seed, the bruiser will not show up. He will still have authority in the earth. That is why sex is one of the highest weapons of Satan. It is an agenda against the contamination of godly seed. Because that's the only way he can twist God's agenda and delay his damnation. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very serious thing. Because as long as he, that's what the Bible says, and when he found Noah, Noah was righteous amongst all men. The Hebrew language means he was perfect. Not spiritually, physically. When you check his DNA, he had no giant DNA in his system. So God chose him. So his perfection was not moral perfection, spiritual. It was a physical perfection. He was perfect, not tainted with genetic corruption. So God could use him. So out of him, all the others had corrupted DNA. It was only Noah's family that were pure bread. So he kept them through the flag. Thank you for listening to our podcast. I believe it's going to impact your walk with our Lord Jesus. Peace.